0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today we're going to discuss the technology behind improving your media buying efficiency. Joining us is Lauren Hutton, who is the VP of Technology at AudienceX, which is an integrated advertising and marketing agency driven to empower marketers, engage audience, and elevate advertising by empowering people with strategic support and the innovative MarTech they need to effectively engage even the most elusive audiences. And today, Lauren is going to talk to us about what a trade desk is and who it's for. Okay, here's my interview with Lauren Hutton, the VP of Technology at Audience X. Lauren, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: Excited to have you here. From what I understand, this is your first podcast, so we'll try to be gentle.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm
1: excited to have you here and I'm excited to learn about a topic that honestly is really confusing to me. We've done an episode or two talking about media buying and programmatic advertising and trade desks. And I feel like some of the time, the more we talk about this type of advertising, the more confused I get. Help me walk through this and let's talk about what a trade desk is If I'm an advertiser and somebody tells me I need to do some programmatic advertising, I need one of these trade desk thingies, right?
2: Sort of. I think it's awesome that you started this out by saying that you're confused because I think the reality is everybody is and no one wants to admit it. The idea of a trading desk is somewhat elusive that way because some people think of it as the technology that drives this real-time bidding technology or buying operation in media, and other people think of it as the managed service layer above that. I generally like to go with some of the leaders in market. I like Forrester's definition for what an agency trading desk is. It's a centralized service-based organization, serves as that managed layer service. It's typically on top of a licensed demand-side platform. Demand-side platform would be that proprietary tech that's doing that real-time bidding for you. That's
1: a DSP, right?
2: That's that DSP, yeah.
1: Demand-side platform. I, I get that wrong all the time too.
2: <laughs> Demand-side platform. And then there's obviously other audience buying solutions that are specific to maybe audio or CTV or native. DSP is generally encompass all the different mediums in which you're going to serve programmatically. So to me, that means agency trading desk is a team of people. And generally, that's on top of the tech. Okay.
1: Okay. So let me recap some of that because I think there's a couple important pieces. Programmatic ad- advertising is about, you said RTB, real-time bidding, right? It is about automating the process of buying media. That means inherently it is not about selecting who you're targeting or what ads you're buying. It is, I've already decided what I'm going to buy and I'm just optimizing what I want to spend for them.
2: So it's actually much more complex than that. What real-time bidding is, it's utilizing algorithmic or artificial intelligence technology. And it's looking at all of those components in nanoseconds. So every single publisher on the web has all of this inventory they need to sell. Even your own website probably sells some advertising. Well, you might have a direct sales team that sells a portion of that directly. But generally, if you're the New York Times, you have billions and billions of impressions monthly that need to be filled. You don't have a sales force that can sell it all. And it's also not necessarily efficient to be hiring people and their overhead when you can just give that inventory out to an open exchange, where it will be bought and purchased in real time, much like a stock in a stock market. So what RTB really is, is the bidder technology on the other end of those open exchanges, recognizing every single impression opportunity that comes through and analyzing that opportunity for that marketer. So is this the right audience? Is this the right context that the audience is in? Is it the right time of day? Are they likely to purchase or move towards that performance goal that I'm optimizing against? That's RTB. That's that real-time bidding.
1: So real-time bidding is not just, hey, this is what I'm willing to pay for a specific placement. It is the analysis of multiple data sources to be able to evaluate and value a placement. So, hey, I'm seeing all these signals for this ad. My algorithm says this ad's worth 33 cents to me and that one's worth 50 cents. I'm gonna place a bid and we'll see if I win.
2: Exactly, and that's what makes RTB so efficient and cost-effective is not only are you targeting the right audiences now, you're paying what that audience is worth to you in that moment. When you go direct, you're paying probably a flat CPM. But when you are dynamically bidding in that individual opportunity instance, you're allowing yourself to only pay what it's worth to you. And that's how you can back out into these conversion goals and performance goals that move the needle and grow revenue for your company.
1: I get it now. And I kind of generally understood that RTB was, you know, you're taking in data and you're making a real-time decision on the value of something. And I thought of that as a bidding mechanism, but I understand what you're saying in the sense of it's not just about figuring out what your placement is. You need to understand what the likelihood of conversion is. There's all these other sources that help you figure out what that bid. So the output is the bid, but there's multiple inputs that are coming in.
2: Yeah. It's basically how are you assigning value to something if you're not quantifying that value?
1: Here's one of the things that I get confused about is you want to place that bid and there's these trade desks and there's groups of people and there's these technology platforms that you can plug into. There's the Google Display Networks, the Facebooks of the world, Taboola, Outbrain, right? There's all of these different exchanges, places where you can buy media. And you can go in and say, this is what a bid is worth to me. I'm going to pay up to 50 cents per click, or I'm going to pay up to $5 per conversion. How is that different than what we're talking about in terms of RTB and what a trade desk does?
2: It's not. It's not in many ways. Um, You don't have to be a DSP to work in RTB. You can be a point solution like Facebook. Facebook is social specific, but it is utilizing real-time bidding technology. So the nuances that come with the actual evaluation of the different solutions you want to integrate into your marketing plan become that hard part. This becomes that managed service layer where trading desks say, let me take that on for you. You don't want to go through 200 different evaluation criterion to understand if this can actually move the needle for you. Let me do that. You tell me your ultimate goal and I'll take that part on because there's such a variance in the technology capabilities of some of these solutions that some are just randomly assigning value and others are doing deep neural pathway AI decisioning. So how are you going to understand that? How are we going to make sure you're choosing the right one? And that's where that managed service layer comes in.
1: So what's the difference between a trading desk and a media buying agency? Essentially, you have a group of people. If a trade desk is a group of people that's doing the media buying and they have this technology and I can go to an agency, hey, I want to have you place my media buys for me. Are they the same thing?
2: In essence, probably. To be honest with you, I think our industry of ad tech really loves new acronyms, new naming conventions.
1: You did drop a DSP and an RTB in the same (laughs) sentence.
2: Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't throw in DMP, which sits on the back end of the DSP, but essentially that's what we're doing. But I think I always like to compare things when we speak about programmatic or AI and its use case in advertising back to where it came from. And the utilization of algorithms for efficiency and cost effectivity started in airline industry and moved into the financial industry, and then came to the advertising industry. And I like to compare it to Wealthfront and all of these phenomenal technologies that exist today to help optimize your yield in stocks. You still probably want to have your own stockbroker. The stockbroker is now like your agency trading desk, individual managed service individual. But your question now comes down to, Are these media buying teams, these teams that are centered around this historical use case of what media buying was, which was sending IOs out to individual point solutions, platforms, et cetera, and just placing IOs and maybe doing a little bit of optimization themselves on certain social solutions. Is that gonna be the same level of echelon that you're gonna get from a programmatic specific trading desk team? And I think that's the real difference. It's in the nuance of traditionalism and advancement you generally refer to a media buying team that can work in programmatic platforms and understands the nuances of algorithmic and artificial intelligence technologies as a trading desk versus a media buyer. Buyers buy, traders trade.
1: Okay. So a trading desk and a media buying agency are similar, right? One is probably a little bit more nuanced and understanding of some of the advanced technologies. But if you get a really sophisticated media buying agency, they can buy programmatically. And if you get a really dumb trading desk, they're probably just doing media buying. They're kind of the same thing.
2: Kind of. Yeah. And traditionally, I would say media buying agencies generally aren't placing and optimizing and running the media themselves. They're just buying.
1: So let's talk about the programmatic portion of this. That seems to be where the technology and that's kind of where your bread is buttered, understanding how to actually take in these data sources and understand and turn it into what an optimal bid is. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. Talk to me about some of the factors that go into optimizing programmatic advertising. What are the signals that the technology you're using accept and then need to digest?
2: I would say it varies so much by platform. And I would say when we're optimizing a campaign in an individual platform, you want to work to the specificity of that specific platform. What I mean to say by that is there are certain platforms you're going to work within that have only several different variants that they can look at for optimization. They might be able to report on device and geography and maybe tactical methodology, which is what is the method by which we're going to target individuals. That might be all they have. Then you might work with really sophisticated platforms that allow you to understand every single bid you placed. And if you lost that bid, the reason for that loss, when you win the ultimate results and clearing cost of that bid, and those types of nuances are what really move the needle. So in some instances, you're sort of stuck in a more traditional optimization sense at working with these high-level, easy-to-analyze metrics, what sites are performing best, what exchange is performing best, what devices are performing best, what optimization can I make against those variants? But then there's the really, really granular, more big data type of ingestion that can happen. And that's the stuff that really makes the difference. And that's all depending on the scope of the platform that you're working with and what they themselves are ingesting against every impression you bid on.
1: So let's talk about those platforms. What I'm curious to know is who of those multiple different ad networks, the Google, Facebook, the native networks, the ad networks that are aggregating all of the other websites on the internet, who was the most sophisticated and who is not as sophisticated?
2: I generally tend to think of sophistication in terms of omni-channel capability. So the more reach you have, the more channels you can run across, the more sophisticated you are, the more data you're going to have against an individual, and the more optimization data we're keeping centralized. So in my mind, those are the big trading desks, as they're called, not in this case, like an agency trading desk, but DSP trading desk. That's
1: what I think of as an ad network, right? Those are the people that have access to the most inventory and data.
2: Yeah, ad network is a little bit of a sunset terminology. Ad networks don't necessarily have RTB technology. Once you have RTB technology, you become a point solution platform or a DSP platform, something of that nature. Ad networks generally don't have direct integrations with publishers or exchanges. They run tags that purchase inventory and then resell that inventory using a waterfall tag system.
1: Okay. So an ad network is essentially an old way of saying this service has aggregated a fair amount of inventory across multiple sites, and now it's a DSP or a point solution. And the reason why it's different than an ad network is they have the ability to essentially integrate right into the platform and allow you to do use some of the more sophisticated technologies.
2: Yeah. You want to make sure that when you're buying inventory, it's directly from the largest exchanges with the most inventory, the highest quality inventory, and the most breadth. Of reach to unique audience. Ad networks are generally very simplified. They're purchasing inventory based on like an old methodology. They're not going to have as much reach. They're not going to have the highest quality inventory. And that's because they're generally not directly integrated with all of the exchanges you want access to.
1: Okay. So help me break this up a little. In terms of like relative size and sophistication, Google, Facebook, the DSP slash point solutions, the native networks, like who's the biggest, who's the most sophisticated?
2: I would say from all of the evaluations that we've done, I wouldn't rank someone as the top of the top in and of itself. But I would say the top three to five that we have from the evaluation criterion we used in building our trading desk. I've seen the trade desk as one of the leaders in the space. Absolutely. Absolutely. MediaMath, Display and Video 360, which is the programmatic arm of Google, of course. DataZoo has been impressive as well. And it sort of teeters off from there. Adobe is a good DSP. It's not necessarily one of the leaders because of the way that they segregate their own company and data between each of the individual solutions that they have, but has the potential to be bigger and better than Google from a programmatic advertising standpoint at one day because of everything they touch. So it's sort of like a race at the racetracks and we're in the first lap still by far and everyone hasn't turned that corner yet. And so there's no clear, clear leader. I mean, Facebook is, is interesting to think of against other trading desks because realistically they're very singular in their solution offering. It's social. It's social across the Facebook network and then it's social across Instagram. And they have this secondary audience extension network. But when it comes to their audience extension play, it's so behind the times in terms of capability, but they get away with it because their data is so significant and so important because it's all that PII that the rest of us in the open market can't collect and use legally, (laughs) Right. but you're opting in on Facebook. So Facebook gets away with playing the game of programmatic advertising platform when really it's a social platform with a sort of weak arm extension into the programmatic space that's fueled by incredibly powerful data.
1: Okay. So as I'm an advertiser and, you know, I run a content business, I'm trying to get people to consume my content. Do I just go to trading desk or media math and say, hey, I'm spending five grand a month. You guys want to spend that for me? Is it that simple? (laughs) You can try. (laughs) That's a no.
2: Probably not. I'm not going to speak for the teams, but no, you cannot. These larger, sophisticated platform technology companies work in a very specific way. And it is low margin business with high volume clients. So they are only charging you a, a percent, a small percent too, on top of your media buying cost, which is the cost of the media, the data, and all those other layers that you need in order to find that right audience. They charge maybe a small 10 to 20% fee on top of that for the use and licensing of their technology. And that's it. So when you come to them with $5,000 and want them to manage the campaign, the overhead does not make sense for them. That's not a business model that would work for them from a revenues perspective.
1: What if it was six grand? No. Seven? No. Okay.
2: And most of these platforms are actually saying no to manage business in general, because if you are going to build out very sophisticated advertising technology, you need to invest in your backend team, your engineers, and your UI developers and all of the people that are going to make that experience and that sophistication happen for these clients. And so you don't have time to be paying the overhead of account managers and strategists and sellers and all of these individuals when one, the budget is small, and two, when you can work with other companies that are capable of just licensing the technology and running it themselves. And that's the business model that a lot of the big shops are going after.
1: So let me read some of this back to you, make sure I get it. I'm going to try to not be as confused or as confusing as I've been. (laughs) A trading desk is similar to a media buying agency in the sense that they are going to place and optimize your bids and your buys for you. And they're going to go across multiple DSPs or point solutions, which is the equivalent of what an ad network used to be, but also has integrated this idea of real-time bidding so you can optimize your campaigns for performance. So you're able to internalize all of the data that you have in an instant and place the bid in real time. And then when you're looking at the difference between Facebook and Google, the DSPs, the point solutions, what we used to call the ad networks... Facebook is interesting and big because they have this powerful data, but their ad network is not actually that strong. It's relatively small. And so there's all these other DSP point solutions, which are of equivalent size, but don't necessarily have the data that the Facebooks of the world have.
2: Yeah, I would say, obviously, Google stands out for both reasons, right? A lot of times you see that there's really powerful data or really powerful technology. Google's both. It's very powerful data, very powerful technology, but very black box. So while it might work, then you have to start to to qualify and quantify what's the understanding of that data and the use of that data worth to me. Because if you're not going to share it, even if my marketing campaign is performing, I'm not learning about my key audience. I'm not re-strategizing my campaign outreach and messaging for the next year. So they're all, again, kind of together in this race because they all have these really powerful qualities and then these really bad aspects of them as well. And that's what can really frustrate marketers when it comes to programmatic and RTP because they'll really appreciate the efficiency and cost effectivity but hate the confusion and what they consider like black box mentality of programmatic for some of these platforms. And then there's also just the general capability to actually place the ads themselves. You know, how many people run your advertising campaigns for you on Google ads and on Facebook?
1: I think the other big takeaway here is that the people that are involved in programmatic advertising they're not the me's of the world, right? They're not the small media buyers. Guys like me are going to get stuck on Facebook, placing the ads and optimizing by themselves, right? These are companies that are going to place large scale buys, and they're going to use services like the Trade Desk, MediaMath to optimize large campaigns because those companies are just taking a small fraction of a very large pie. And so you need to be a big media buyer to take advantage of the technology.
2: That's somewhat true. That's actually our business model, which is funny. I don't know if you meant to lead us in that direction, but that's where companies like ours come in. We focused historically on mid-market and smaller advertisers and sort of evangelizing this really high class technology To these less sophisticated or less monetarily endowed companies, because we believe that everyone should be able to take advantage of these capabilities. It shouldn't be that only the Fortune 500 companies of the world get to utilize technology that helps grow revenue. So we sort of need to democratize this technology. And that's where these independent trading desks like AudienceX can come in and say, we know you don't understand the technology. We know you don't have the team in house to run on these technologies and or the bandwidth to create a strategy across them, let us do that for you and act almost as an agency as we sort of mentioned, they can be similarly thought of and take it out of your hands and educate you while we do it. I mean, that's the most important part is the educational component because as your revenue grows using these technologies, you should eventually want to bring it in house and do it yourself.
1: I think that's a great segue into what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, which is making the build versus buy decision. And just for the record, I wasn't trying to lead you into what the Audience X business model is, (laughs) but it's interesting to hear. glad it was relevant to the conversation. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Lauren Hutton, the VP of technology at Audience X for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Lauren's going to talk us through the build versus buy consideration when it comes to working with the Trade Desk. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Lauren, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet. Her handle is Laura Hutt, L-A-U-R-H-U-T-T, or you can visit her company's website, which is audiencex, dot com. Just one link in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you're listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You can find a link to our newsletter, which we send once a week, so you can subscribe and get all of our content over there. And if you want to reach out outside of our website, you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.